and good morning, everyone, and welcome to the very first day of autumn. <laughs> you know how to hurt a girl, Tammy. How is everybody this morning? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I am just kidding. That's good all right. Morning. It's, good it's, morning. You know I do love the fall, and I love autumn. I do. It's such a beautiful season. Mm -hmm. um, I just love the summer more. Yes, I know you do. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm I'm laughing because <laughs> it's a beautiful, you know, for the beautiful fall, it's like 60 degrees and we have Ophelia hitting us today. Very nice. Yes. <laughs> Until tomorrow night. Yes. I know we have to watch out for that. Um Yes, I think it will be um, rainy, very soggy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, hopefully we'll just kind of snuggle in or wear our, our galoshes and go out with our umbrellas. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I have Miss Mayor with me this weekend, and she is in a fashion show today. So we are going to, I have to leave here about at almost exactly 10 o'clock, a little after is fine, but um, just to let everybody give you, give you a heads up. She has to go for hair and makeup. <laughs> I love it. I love it. She's ready for her close-up. She's ready for her close-up. Close yes. <laughs> so in any event. Oh, so, your week's been good. Though. That's going to be fun. Yes, it's been a very intense work week, but a good work week. Um, it's just been kind of nonstop as it tends to be in the fall, as you know. Uh, and I'm happy to say I'm out mm -hmm. of uh, my COVID watch. Uh, my husband is now COVID free. He was sick earlier and um, I had to mask and Essentially, you know, just have the 10 day waiting period to make sure I wasn't sick. So I'm hoping to, uh, after the podcast, I'll get to go see my mom because um, I haven't been able to go visit her, uh, obviously. Well, that'll be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm happy to see in the chat that Anna had some good news. Yes, she did. Which is wonderful. Uh, the prayers are working, um, mm -hmm. so that is really, really good news. We'll keep them going. <laughs> and Betty says, is it wrong that I already started listening to Christmas music? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and Ellie's... I mean, uh, uh, October 20th starts uh, Hallmark Christ Christmas. <laughs> That's right. I always laugh at that because why? What do you do? It cracks me up, right? Halloween, <laughs> yeah, before Halloween. <laughs> uh, but at least it's between American Thanksgiving and Canadian Thanksgiving, so we're you know, there's some there's something to be said about that. Most definitely, <laughs> but, most definitely. But after Halloween, maybe <laughs> like November first. <laughs> what do I know? Anyway, I don't know. 
I don't know either. I just know that I, I just, it cracks me up. Don't forget to join us for our great Christmas, Hallmark Christmas, starting of October 20th. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So, I love anyway. it. <laughs> Betty's saying Hallmark's going with the Canadian calendar. <laughs> I guess. I guess. But they, Canadians celebrate Halloween too, so. <laughs> this is true. You know, anyhow, anyhow. So I just, uh, we got word from SR that he's looking forward to the release of part two and, and he will be with us on October 14th so we can dish on the movie. He's come, coming in from the Shire. I, yes, he's, he's making his way through the wilderness. <laughs> He'll be emerging. From Hobbiton. He'll be emerging from his Hobbit hole. I love it. That's true. I, and did you know that um, Hobbiton, when, I don't know if anybody's seen Men in Kilts, the second part, when they're down. No, the I'm still um, hoping to uh, watch that soon. I love, I just love those two. It's funny. It's good. But um, they went down to, they weren't actually in Hobbiton, but they did, they did go to the studio that did the, um, the synthetics and stuff. Cause uh, Graham McTavish was in, in, uh, those mm-hmm. movies. That's why Howie fell in love with New Zealand and, and moved there. I love it. That doesn't surprise me. It mm-hmm. seems so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Another place I'd love to visit at some point. Oh, yeah. Well, the late great always told me that of all the places, because he did a lot of traveling with, with in a life that he didn't have mm-hmm. with me. Uh, to keep for business, he had to do a lot of traveling around the world. And one of the best places he ever went to was New Zealand. He said the golf in New Zealand was the best he'd ever played. And he had played St. Andrews. Oh, wow. That's saying something. That is saying something. The late great and all his glory before, before. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway. Oh my goodness. Yes. So, uh, he, uh, He's real. Also, SR's really been enjoying the stills from behind the scenes, the reels the Passion Flicks has been sharing on Instagram, mm-hmm. and he has reposted a bunch of them. So, if you if you go into his Instagram account, you should see them. That will be. There have been. I know he's been very excited about all the different um, things that have been posted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, very very. Um, I I you know how I feel, guys. I'm not ready. I'm just not ready for part two. <laughs> well, there, 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 there is a, a a small joke going between Miss Kenzie and myself about you, and when are you going to actually watch the movie? <laughs> I will watch as I'll watch it the day it comes out. If the night before, if, um, as long as my schedule permits, I'll watch it. I'll watch that's it before true, SR true. comes, definitely. As Betty notes, the boss is having a good week. It's all about Gabriel. He is taking over the world. <laughs> and Betty already noted that Paul's birthday is just three months away. Only three so. months away. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, there is good news in this one for Betty, especially in today's chapter. Sugar makes a comeback. <laughs> Sugar is back. 
Yes, yes. I don't know whether he'll be in the scene in the movie, but he, at least he's in the book. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> Betty's all excited. Sugar. Sugar. <laughs> Sugar always cracked me up. <laughs> I know. I know. It, I just... I just laugh every time I think about uh, <laughs> their interactions. Uh, well, I, well, well, I saw when I we met him at the yeah um, the, the actor who played him. We went to. Um, <laughs> it was asked if he was going to be wearing the red banana hammock or whatever color it was. <laughs> he said no. <laughs> oh my gosh! Too funny. Uh, yeah, that character was. You can just imagine how much fun SR had like mm -hmm. writing that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so shall we dig in to chapter 18? We should dig in. We should dig in. Uh, it began, as you know, the night after um, the lecture and all of the kind of drama at Oxford, and there had been a lot of concerns and um, kind of truths that were expressed. This was after the big uh, showdown between Paul and Gabriel. This was after marked uh, her plans to seduce Gabriel, and she had her confrontation with Julia. Uh, so chapter 18 begins, uh, the last thing we had seen is Krista being, uh, readying the room with champagne and her heels being ready for her night of passion, uh, at long last, she was waiting for Gabriel to arrive. So chapter 18 begins with Gabriel commenting, you were wonderful as he started his pillow talk in the morning. Yes, as Shell notes, it begins in bed, LOL. So, mm, of course, as he turns and starts to chat, Julia was laying on her stomach, clutching her pillow. She was being bashful, but her glorious back was exposed. And she thanked him. And Gabriel asked if she had liked that position. She said that she enjoyed it very much. Um, and he asked, why were you being so shy? Uh, Gabriel felt that it was important to remind her that anything they do in their bed was a safe space. And he wanted to convey that again to her, that she could talk to him about anything, that this was their their intimate space and that this was her safe space and their safe space together as a couple. So she seemed to hide a little bit and Gabriel was asking about what was she thinking? You know, you can talk to him about anything. Um, and Betty says, the professor can see the future and knew today was going to be cool and raining. So of course he made sure this chapter starts in bed. <laughs> I love that. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. Where I want to mm -hmm. be right now. So Julia started by saying that she did not want to bring up old issues, but she worried that she was not adventurous enough for him. 
And, you know, this was, to her credit, she's finally voicing um, some of her feelings, right? Um, and her, her fears. fears. Yeah. And, you know, Gabriel actually would have laughed, but he saw how concerned she was. And so he, he didn't laugh. He knew this was a serious issue for her. And he mentioned that he was surprised that she felt that way after the past few hours that they spent together. So we had asked SR, because of the way he began the beginning of the chapter, as kind of an open-ended comment, if he initially planned to write the beginning of the chapter, chapter as ambiguous, leaving the readers to guess whether Gabriel is speaking to Julia or to Krista, or did you decide to add that element as you worked your manuscript? And he said, yes, there was an intention to be ambiguous, primarily to mirror the anxiety between Julia and Gabriel. They were dealing with some challenges while still learning how to negotiate those challenges in a healthy manner. So I thought that was a really interesting that he wanted to kind of demonstrate that anxiety. And that was a way for him to do that. Um, yes, Betty, the boss is a tease. Of course, that he is. He is a playful tease at that. So, you know, with this recognition of her fears, and you know, Gabriel saying, "I'm surprised you feel that way, especially after this morning." Um, yeah, and Elena has a good comment here. I have to admit that the first I time I read this, I almost dropped the book, although I couldn't believe that Gabriel went to Krista. There was this moment, as SR wrote it, with him stepping out the evening before, of course, for the chocolate-covered strawberries. Mm -hmm. Yes, but SR kind of set us up to make us uh, he did. take that ride with him. Ellie, <laughs> I often wonder how, how he approached that when he was writing the book on fan fiction. You know, there was... Uh, I'd like, oh, yeah, the way to wait to find out whether or not he was <laughs> with Krista. <laughs> and, uh, uh, well, I don't know at this, at this point, I don't think this would have been fanfic, would it? Because this was book three. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. That's true, right. I'm right. not sure. Um, <laughs> Betty said when I first read that line, I thought, WTF. <laughs> Well, it, it's like you know, it's it's like when you read Fifty Shades of Grey. I can remember when the when they first came out. When I was reading them, I got the first book, and I didn't realize that there were two other books mm -hmm. behind it. And I'm like, it can't stop here. It can't stop like this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know. So. And Betty confirmed what I was just saying. Uh, books. Oh, this wasn't yeah, part of the fan one and fiction. Two. Um, and Shell notes that that was a potential plot twist. <laughs> it was. Lori it said the first time I read it, I had the same reaction. WTF indeed. <laughs> uh -huh. But we know Gabriel is with Julia. Laura agrees with Black Lab Lady. The same here. My eyes were like open wide. Jaw dropped, right? Uh -huh. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. SR just wanted to have some fun with us, torture us a little. Mm -hmm. 
So after after Gabriel made the comment about uh, her being surprised after the past few hours they had, um, and Betty said, me, oh, Gabriel, if you went to bed with Krista, you were going to be one dead man. Either Paul or Tom would come after you. <laughs> this is true. Absolutely true. So Julia blew a lock of hair away from her mouth and started telling Gabriel about her encounter with Krista before lunch. Gabriel, in an angry, annoyed tone, said that he did not want to hear her name in their bed. He didn't want to even think about Krista. He was so upset. Julie apologized, but and Gabriel did want to know what she had said. And so Julia went on to share with him about the comment Krista made about him needing someone more adventurous than Julia. And also that Julia told Krista that she gave he gave she gave Gabriel love and that Gabriel deserved nothing less than her love so I'm and I'm glad that Julia kind of expanded and shared that story with him he he needed to know the piece mm-hmm. um, absolutely Gabriel agreed that was certainly true um, but to please not believe Krista's bullshit. You know, he's like, do not buy into what she's saying. It's poisonous. And he asked her why she was worried. And Julia simply said, because I want to keep you. And that she had competition in that area. And he said he certainly wanted to keep her as well. You know, he he was as vulnerable as she was, but I think she had a hard time believing that. Um And he also confessed that there were some adventures that he, frankly, would not like to repeat. And then at that comment, Julia thought about Professor Payne. Mm -hmm. But, of course, Gabriel being Gabriel turned around that situation as well and said, of course, course there are other adventures he would like to explore if she was amenable to it. And he reinforced this idea of this being a safe space, an intimate space for them together. You know, he he went into this discussion about their bed being for pleasure, and his mission was to give her pleasure Mm -hmm. and to find his pleasure with her, not at her expense. And he, this is Gabriel really trying to put it out there and being very clear that she needs to express things to him. You know, he said... If he suggests something that she does not want to do, and if she said no, then it's no. Um, he said, but he may try to attempt to seduce her, of course, but the choice is always hers. He could think of he could not think of anything more unpleasant than betting an unwilling woman. I mean, that is not his mo at all. And he also tried to reinforce and reassure her that she did not need to worry about him abandoning her. There was nothing more upsetting to him than seeing her discomfort in her eyes. And he then kissed her and he asked, do you still feel shy? And she said, no, but I do wonder what other sexual adventures you have in mind. 
And he said, trust me, Julianne, I will let you know. So, you know, they kind of went back and forth in this. Um, I think he, her voicing her fear, he expressing his thoughts and feelings and reassuring her, addressing that fear. I think that was important. It's all about communication, right, Anna? I mean, they're finally communicating. And he's trying to reassure her as well that he's not going to abandon her. Um, right. That he is as vulnerable as she is, although I don't think she believes that. Um, and we asked SR, did Julia understand how Gabriel's approach, outlook, and feelings regarding sex and his prior sexual partners differed from his feelings for her? And SR said, I think Julia is still figuring out Gabriel, um, still figuring Gabriel out. You know, she's still kind of learning him, but their connection continues to deepen and grow. So I think it's important, you know, they're still newlyweds and we have to keep that in mind. They're still mm-hmm. learning each other. So. Yeah, they are. And that, you know, that's all part, part and parcel being newlyweds. Mm. It is. One of the th- one of the things that I always remember uh, my uh, aunt saying was, uh, it doesn't matter how long you've gone out with a person and known the person. When you finally marry, there's there's a little difference there, and getting to you now you're living with the person in a relationship that's going to be hard to break. Right. Off. And you get to learn more and more and how to how to deal with things with each other. You know, my my father always gave me the the example of his uh, one of his old friends who had after I don't know how many years had divorced his first wife and met a woman and they lived together for ten years and then got decided to get married. And my father was the best man at, or witness at this wedding. And uh, a month later, they were in divorce court. So, yeah, there's just something. I, I think there's something about that piece of paper that means something. But in any event, some people don't. That's okay. Right. I mean, it's but, yeah. There's there's just a lot to it, right? I mean, human nature oh, is yeah. human nature, oh, yeah. and yeah, it's it's uh, it's challenging. As, as Betty says, it is challenging in this case the boss sure knew how to build anticipation and that's true uh-huh. um it's really really true and i also wanted to mention yeah. that um you know ellie did remind us you know you mentioned about the fan fiction mm-hmm. days and ellie said right. anytime he put a cliffhanger or he got us all in a flutter as we waited and predicted between Saturday to Tuesday's teaser and then to the next Saturday at 6 a.m. to really find out what happened. So I can't even imagine <laughs> the anticipation on that. <laughs> that is, it would have been that fun. would have been a lot of fun. So the next morning, they slept in late. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Well, adventuring they together. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> When they, uh, they woke late, and, and he'd gotten up before her, and Julie had been completely shattered from the night before and all the day before and all their exhortations. Yes. Um, 
And as Gabriel's looking at her, he's just kind of, you know, he's got that manly, I'm, yeah, look what I did. <laughs> type thing. And uh, very proud. So he headed into the shower, to shower and shave, and he returned with nothing but his towel and his glasses. Much like uh, the uh, scene in Madison, the purple towel. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And um, so he's gone around and he's looking at the, you know, the champ leftover champagne and the water and the truffles and the strawberries and remnants of the night before. And uh, he uh, gazed. At, you know, he always thought that you know their couplings had been very passionate, but last night he induced her to many sensual delights. I can imagine he did. And he's always, but he was always. You know, and get that one eye out, making sure she's okay and, and with everything that was going on. And, uh, you know, just make sure she was okay. Right. And he had been caught, he'd been caught in this trap, even with his all consuming sexual desires from like in his uh, single days. He, uh, he his, Julianne was everything to him, and he said he wanted to push everything inside and just be inside her all day. It reminds me of a, a, a taped telephone call in, in England between two people who are now the king and queen consort <laughs> about the tampon. In any event... Um, he said that Julia could be compassionate and, and voracious, and, and this made her confident and brave, and her passion for him made her an enthusiastic lover, which he, which he totally... I'm sure he know, appreciated that. With, uh, with pride, and, yeah. And loved that, and, um, you know. Betty's wondering yeah. if they used his bow tie. <laughs> it's a possibility. <laughs> it wasn't a great tie, I know that. Um... <laughs> And uh, it was, you know, it's like every sexual act was fraught with newness. And I think that's, I think that's the difference between lovemaking with someone you're really in love with as opposed to a one night stand right. just for the help. Right. You know. This was more of a conversation, so, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it is a, con a form of communication. It's, it's. It's not necessarily talking communication, but it is. Mm -hmm. So in any event, he had not known how to communicate with this, this with her without bringing up his past. But he felt the difference among his wife and other lovers, and he tried to assure her that she pleased him in every way within the bedroom. So as, as it went, uh, he followed the wisdom of St. Augustine. Love and do what you will. And I, I, I threw a link in, into the, um, there for, of this, it's from St. Augustine's Sermon of love, on Love. Because of all the different types of love. Mm -hmm. His particular type of love was, uh, in, in this particular sermon, not, was not just the erotic love, but also the platonic love. So just a heads up. Um, and they had, they had done a lot that night. And... Uh, he was, you know, he was. He said the uh, concierge had been very obliging with all the strawberries and truffles and what have you. And so then he started going around and picking up the clothes that he had dropped on the floor. 
Uh, and, you know, one of the things he picked up were her minuscule panties and her little bust or corset. And he, you know, he's like, oh, you know, she at least knows how to, how to excite me <laughs> and thrill me. And uh, it always, you know, but, and it was also undercover too because she had the very modest suit on, which makes it even more interesting. And then he's picking up his clothes and getting ready to put them away when something came out of his pocket. And he went to pick it up and it was a business card that read Krista Peterson, MA, graduate student. Department of Italian Studies, Columbia University, with her email and her telephone number. And then when he turned it over on the back, was a, it read Malmaison Hotel, mm. room 209 tonight. So that didn't make him real happy. Can you imagine if Julie had found that? <laughs> uh, that would have been devastating. Of, uh, that would have just, absolutely and that would have fed into exactly what they wanted to do, to use. You know, that what she wanted, she wanted to destroy the connection with Julia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So, so he said, you know, when he, Kristen must have slipped it into his pocket coat the other, yesterday Mm -hmm. at the uh, lecture. And then it occurred to him that maybe she had traveled to Oxford because of him. It's, it's true. I, Uh you know, I think this, seeing this clarified a lot of things for Gabriel. He realized then that she wasn't trying to torment Julia. She just wanted, she just wanted him. Absolutely. And Julia, Betty said Julia would have left the hotel without even leaving a note and run into Paul's arms. I don't know about that. I don't think that would have happened either. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think she probably would have come back to the States and maybe gone to her father's. Or Rachel's. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know what she oh, would Rachel's. have done at this know. point in her relationship. <laughs> Flora's laughing, Betty, maybe not straight to Paul. Maybe to confide in Paul, uh-huh. Betty said. I don't. I don't know about. That I don't either. know. After their lunch, I don't know if she would, because I think she felt like after she said things to Paul that she kind of realized she shouldn't have said them. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, yeah, I think so. I I think so too. At least subconsciously, mm-hmm. because you know the conversations that uh, he and she and uh, Gabriel had had previous mm-hmm. to this. So you know. <laughs> You know, that really, it upset Gabriel that, you know, that she would even think this, that that it was like he was the target and not Chris, or not Julie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's like, you know, my marriage is the most important thing to me. And uh, as was his career and Julia's career. And he was not going to let anybody destroy that. So he grabbed his phone and he proceeded to call John Green. Sugar makes the day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I think he was done. Like, I think that was the last straw. I think he was like, he's going to, you know, he is going to take matters into his own hands and 
now that he knows it's really about him and he's going to do some kind of legal cease and desist to keep, um, <laughs> to keep him from happening. <laughs> Shell's blowing a raspberry to Paul. Um, <laughs> Betty said, but when she's emotional, she sings like a canary to Paul. I think that was in the past. I don't know if she would do it now. Um, <laughs> insert Broad Stewart's song, Sugar. <laughs> do you think I'm... Well, do you think I'm sexy is the song and Sugar is from the Because <laughs> I remember watching that. Oh, my uh, gosh. Anyway. And uh, Lori notes Christy yeah. was delusional. She did not see Julie as important, and she really thought Gabriel would come to her. Yeah, I think... Well, she well, had that, this, she had the impression of Gabriel prior to Julia, the Gabriel she observed at lobby, you know, she's mm -hmm. completely disregarded the fact that he actually did take vows to, and got married. I, she just didn't hold any value to those vows. Um, no, she and she didn't. was more concerned about and her obsession to win her trophy. Cause I think that's all that he was to her. True. So we asked Asar, was Gabriel surprised that he, not Julia, was Krista's target? And he replied saying, I think Gabriel was surprised at how direct Krista was. Everything had been subtle and veiled when she was a student, but things were much more explicit and confrontational in Oxford. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was, well, I mean, she made a direct approach on him now like she dropped the card in his she went through all these machinations to be there to get to him um and i think i think in a way too he probably was relieved that she wasn't after julia um because i feel like he felt he could take her on, but he didn't want her to hurt Julia anymore. Either way, it's hurting her. Um, there's a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of chatter coming down. Um, yeah, you know, Krista's full of herself, and she never thought she'd be turned down by anyone. That's from yeah, Alina. Yeah, Thor said CFP had t tunnel vision when it came to Gabriel. Really true. And Betty said, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Krista sleeps with Pacciani and he's married. He made vows to his wife and didn't keep his promise to be faithful. So can't blame her for not believing Gabriel would keep his promise to Julia. You're not wrong on that either, Betty. No, I mean, I she's the one. She's, it, it, she, she was just looking for notches on the bedpost, and this was one notch she didn't mm -hmm. get. So Yeah. Which... She couldn't understand. I think she, I, her narcissistic personality wouldn't understand. Well, that. she wanted her hundred percent rate, right? She wanted her perfect rate. Right. Whoever she had her eyes on, she would, she would get. You Absolutely. know, Ali's saying Krista has far too much confidence in her seductive ways. Uh, sure, experience is that she could seduce anyone. Um, he's, she's gotten married men and even a priest. Yeah, that's that's really true. Let's not forget that she really mm -hmm. she didn't have any bounds to her uh, no, she or moral bounds. compass. 
Um, and Shell said, I can blame CFP for everything. <laughs> I blame CFP for the rain that's coming down this morning. <laughs> Floor notes, though, but CFP was basing it on his past. She didn't know he had real love for Julia or their past of knowing each other. And you're right. I mean, that's no, Floor. You're correct. I mean, she had no idea about that. And that, um, that's, I think that's also why she devalued it. And I think, I do think Julia did make Krista pause when she called her out and said, what I give him is love. Um, I, cause I, I don't think she would have expected her saying that and stand coming back at her, just, just kind of defending herself. Um, but I don't know if, uh, Krista, she doesn't, I don't think hold love in any esteem because she doesn't understand it. Um, Betty, yeah. Betty saying, yes, Krista thought and this was a sure thing. I still want to know more about the priest. So, um, well, you know, here's, here's the thing. Now I've got a story. <laughs> you, you go on. I have to take a call. I'll be, keep, keep going. Okay. Um, here's the my my cousin Eddie uh, went into the priesthood. He was going into the priesthood. He went into the seminary, and he started. Um, you know, he he was all gung ho on this and everything. And this one Thanksgiving, uh, he he decided we were all getting together as a family, and he was bringing one of the seminarians with him. And we were in South Jersey at my, he went to his mother's house. We were at my uncle's house. And he had stopped to see some friends down by his mom's and uh, came back with movies. And little Jose, who had been in the seminary since he'd been 12 years old, was, you know, he, he was a very nice, quiet man, young man. Um, he, at that point, I think he was in his 20s. And we're, we're all sitting around, and my, my dear cousin, the supposed to become priest, had picked up these movies that were rather pornographic in nature. And I had my, um, it was my mom, my dad, my aunt, my uncle, my cousin Janie, who was the youngest of the clan, uh, my sister, myself, and Jose. And Jose's sitting with his back on the couch, feet out on the floor, legs crossed. And Patty and I were sitting on the couch, my, and I think my dad was standing, I don't remember. In any event, um, Eddie puts on these movies, and my his mother is going nuts, thinking that this is actually her brand-new daughter-in-law from the previous February on this couch doing things. And she's like, <laughs> and uh, what films did, it was called Sexophone the name of the film. I remember distinctly because I was watching little Jose and his, his legs were getting tighter and tighter and tighter. So they do have sexual feelings. So I can see where the priest being emerged with all the, um, uh, you know, scenes around him could have gotten very aroused. So I mean, and with Krista, I'm sure with the, her ways of seduction, she, it probably could have happened. So, you know, so now that was the phone, saxophone, love and sex are separate. And, uh, 
She has shown love from her parents and control and gratification is all that Krista seems to be happy about. That's true. And the title gives gives all the info you need. It's yeah, well, if you could have heard the commotion in the house when the, I I don't think we saw five minutes of this film, to be honest with you, because my it was everybody started screaming at my cousin Eddie about it, which rightfully should have. Um and black uh Black, or Flora agreed with uh, Elena. She says, I think Gabriel P. C.F.P.'s game was like, she's trash and never any inkling of being interested unless he was really drunk. I know. Oh, yeah, trust me. Elena, if I ever do write the book, that will be a chapter of its own. Poor Eddie and uh, poor Jose. I don't know whatever happened to Jose. Sadly, I know my cousin had uh, decided to be a um, uh, uh, be, became an acolyte, and when he did, um, he met a woman who was had been married with children. He was doing some counseling with her, and they ended up getting married. They've been together ever since. So. And Rocky would have been good. And I think we have lost Leslie. Uh, she, uh, I know she had to get on a call. So I am going to end it there for us because I do have to get Mare ready for her, her big shoe. And uh, we'll be back next week. And next week brings all the, the fun stuff about, well, not so much fun stuff, about... Um, uh, uh, Krista and Pacciani. So we look forward to that. So everybody, enjoy your first day of fall. I'm going. And I'm going to leave us out with a song by Nat King Cole, a very apropos song, The Autumn Leaves. Have a great day, everyone. I am. Did you end the? the uh, are, is everybody still on, or did we end the podcast? I used to hope. I. You went away, it's up to you. The days grow long, <laughs> and soon I'll hear Okay. Song. But I miss you most. Skype wouldn't let me get back off of hold. Yep, I kept pressing the unhold and it wouldn't do it. Then it said resume. I, I hit. I, I went through. I, I, I've been trying to get on for like two or three minutes. Yeah, I do not know what happened. I, I went through like four different ways. Well, I had to end a call because I, I couldn't get I couldn't get back on. It was not letting me back. Um, still here. Why don't we get, should we get back on just a second? You already ended it. Okay. 
No, they can still hear us, Pam. Sorry, guys, I had to take a call. Um, it was from my mom's um, fa uh, care facility, so um, who had called at the very beginning of the call of our show, and I didn't see a message, but then when they called back, I got worried. And luckily, everything was fine. They were just ch checking on something very basic, which they could have left a message for. So I apologize for kind of uh, having to cut out of the podcast. Uh, but I didn't want to take a chance if there was something wrong. Um, but I'm glad we had. Oh, interesting. Elena saying they can hear me, but not Pam. So anyways, Pam took the input source off for her. Um, so <laughs> they're only hearing me, Pam. So I'll just wish everybody, since Pam got to say, have a good, wonderful weekend. Um, I will wish you the same. And, uh, I appreciate all of your good wishes guys and have a wonderful rest of the week. We will catch up with you next weekend. I'll give you a little, uh, insight into how Monoskin is, because I'm going to see them tonight in uh, Merriweather Post Pavilion in Columbia. So take care, everybody, and have a great weekend. <laughs>